Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and the Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined with Miguel Madrid, founder and chief of everything officer at Perks or Perk, excuse me. Miguel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, man. So your campaign just launched today. I'm really excited about the launch of it. You know, I, I love the the tagline of you don't need another pair of pants, you need a better one. So I really like the idea and the innovation of this lifestyle apparel brand that you've built. So I'm really interested to hear for our audience of where this idea started and what inspired you to create Perks. Oh, thank you for having me again. And yeah, happy to go into this. The what you see right now on the campaign is the culmination of two years of of work. It's been it's been agonizing. It's been stressful. I might have cried a couple of times, but things are different now. Now we're live. Everything is running and everything is operational. I can breathe easy now. It's sort of like you know getting engaged. It's like you pop the question and it's over, right? <laughs> Anyways, um, so so the idea behind Perk. Um, came after my my previous brand. I used to own an underwear brand called uh, Bensley. And uh, it was about three years worth of e-commerce work and uh, three Kickstarters behind it. And uh, as any good other business would tell you, we took feedback quite, quite well. We took feedback as aggressively as possible and as honestly as possible. And of course, some of that feedback was negative, but we took it as a learning lesson to improve on on our products. And this brought about an idea that popped up in my head when I met my my new partner. And uh, my new partner, by the way, is a is an apparel developer for some really huge multinationals. Uh, we're gonna keep him private for now. He is a secret trade secret. But we figured, okay, why don't we treat the development process for apparel differently? Why don't we prototype our very own idea of what we want a product to be? We we make it, we sample it, and then we give some to our customers and say, hey, here, try them out. What do you think? It's not free product. It's not um, a giveaway. It's you're a beta tester. What do you think about this? So we started with the line of the chinos with this process, and uh, we were iterating through each revision of it through um, through numbers. So version 0.1 and uh, version 0.2. Each each time we got a sample back from the development office, um, that was a new iteration. So we kept a log of all this. 
And um, once we started getting feedback, that's when st- things started getting really interesting. It's like, okay, we thought this was awesome. Apparently isn't, but they're really interested in this other side of things. Right? So uh, with this in mind, about a year passed worth of development. And what you see right now is the public release of uh, the Perkchinos. They've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. And um, it's finally live. Yeah, it's great. So I'm really interested to hear, obviously, running previous crowdfunding campaigns, you have a wealth of advice and knowledge there. But talking about a new product innovation that you're creating here with Perk, what was that process like? And how did you go about deciding what features to include in the designs? And then how are you solving the issue, you know, with this product that you've created? Right. So usually when a brand goes through a product release, um, it you know they're usually launching to a very large customer base and um, they commit to a manufacturing order a rather big one they stock up they launch and then they hope for the best sometimes what ends up happening actually most of the time what end, ends up happening is and I'm going to quote a midsummer clearance sale right so the product wasn't interested enough it, people might have liked it but they didn't love it and they overstocked so this is a, a cycle in the apparel industry that it just won't break. And here comes um, startups that are trying to break it. And what they're doing is they're doing made to order. So you get an order and you produce it based on the specifications of the customer. So that's another business model. That is, that is one extreme of the other. So what you end up getting is a, an $80 t-shirt that was custom tailored to you, but it took three weeks and it cost $80. Right. Right. So, you know, it works. The model works. Okay. Reduce waste, but nobody's going to buy that. It's too expensive. So why don't we do it differently? Why don't we combine the prediction algorithms of all the historical data we have with a new manufacturing arrangements that allow for extremely low order quantities? By the way, this is where my apparel developer comes in. That's the magic. Um, that's the opportunity I saw. If I combine this perk of the manufacturing side of things with a new way to develop products and launch them, then we can have a middle point where we don't have to make to order, but we can stock up on what's going to sell. So that's one side of things, right? That's that's keeping inventory um, optimized. But as for the product itself, it has to be an interesting product, right? Absolutely. So we, we, we begin with, with a very simple tour of the factory and we um, pass our hands through all the uh, all the fabric swatches that they have there, thousands of them. We sort of land on a couple that we like, we, we touch them, and then we close our eyes and we think, okay, this would go really well on X, right? That's when we landed on the Chino's fabric. It was the very first iteration of the fabric. It was a twill, a cotton twill, but we improved on it, but that's how it starts. It's like, okay, this feels like it could go really well on a pair of pants. So this is what we want a pair of pants to feel like. Additional to this, what do we want people to feel when they put it on? So, so yeah, that's 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 our thought process. There's so much more to talk about on top of this, but I think our brand ethos with the idea of iteration and improvement and feedback it really explains everything that it is human-centered design. It is customer-centric. I think that differs from anything else in the market. So is that where the company name came into play with Perk? Perk, uh, Perk was a, a quick vote actually from this other 
bar that was next door called Perch. And I was always just a fan of the the P and the K behind it. Uh, I landed on Perk. It's uh, it's simple, it's short, and it means you're getting something additional. Indeed. So one of the things we were talking about before the interview is, you know, how you went about creating this company in terms of structure, setup, as well as software stacks. And given that you've successfully started another company and now this one, I know our audience will definitely be interested in terms of how you've set up and structured this company. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm a strong believer that if you start a company in, in, a, in a fashion that doesn't immediately mean order and clean information, then those little small uh, manual processes are going to exponentially convert into a nightmare down the road. And that nightmare might be a month away or it could be five years away. Usually it's just, it, it ends up being a nightmare before year one and then you just end up paying yourself into a job that you're a slave for. So you might be stuck doing accounting all day. You might be stuck doing um, organizing orders on your system, right? Or working on Excel. With this in mind, what we do is we start off with the very fair, the very best platforms that are used by the top companies, but we used sort of simplified versions of them that are suitable for e-commerce. Of course, the we have an online store. Shopify is the best practice on that end. We have um, a pre-order platform like Kickstarter, but then making them talk to each other, that's where some of the magic comes. I do have ERP experience that I carry over from my days back at in back in purchasing. And um, that taught me how to organize a company properly and then how to do accounting properly. What does moving inventory mean for accounting? And what does software do to facilitate that? Turns out there's just so many tools out there. You just have to find them and make them work and actually work on top of them. You can't just hope that one magic button is going to do everything for you, of course. But with that in mind, I ran my other companies as a one-man operation for about three years. Ended up selling over $5 million in total revenue before I decided to to move on and sell it. And um, the transfer process was easy. It's like, here are the login information for all the for all the t- software stack, and this is how you do this. I had little process manuals in place, and it was a really smooth transition. Nice. Yeah, so I'm building this company with the same principle, automation, clean info, and oh, by the way, this also plays really, really deep into customer service. If you get an email from a customer and you're having a hard time finding the information behind that customer, then one, your reaction times are really slow, and two, you might not be completely aware of what's happening with this guy, right? Yeah. So um, I'll probably write up a Reddit post on on all these platforms I'm using, and I'm sure it could help somebody. Absolutely. Or an AMA certainly can help, you know, a lot of these customers for sure, as we've seen yeah. in the past. Well, I don't know what I could say on the AMA. Like, all right, I am Miguel. I, <laughs> I make underwear. I used to make underwear. Ask me anything. Yeah. I'd appreciate the questions that we get there. <laughs> well, I'm sure it won't be a brief conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's been the biggest challenge that you've encountered while designing and developing this product now? Uh, time. Time is... It's the, it's the hardest thing to, to manage. Um, development takes time and it takes resources. And also the time it takes from you is time that you're not spending gathering capital or like in a job or saving money, right? So you, have, you completely has to have to abandon the idea of, of a salary because you're so committed to this. Right. And, 
And then you have to invest your time that is not going to be paid until the company is profitable. Right. That is a huge sacrifice that requires you to make decisions that could be as drastic as moving out of a city. Like I just moved out of Los Angeles. You know, the my cash flow there was negative in the thousands and I had to cut that, right? So I'm using those savings instead to pour into this company. Um, that's probably been the biggest challenge is, is, is the time commitment. And, um, but of course, that's what it takes, right? Yeah, exactly. So talk to me now about the innovative development process that you're using to design and create this product. All right. We actually call this process engineered menswear. And we're in the process of making this a bit more clear for our customers on what it means. The entire development process is um is hidden from the customer's view not because they're not interested but because nobody's ever bothered to shine a light on it it's always been lifestyle focused and this is how much we paid a certain model to look good on it and um and then there's tactics on social media you just look at that side of things the finished product but we're actually getting our customers into the process we're inserting them into the previous then public release right so we're getting them involved from day one it all starts with feedback all right what do you guys think of this type of feature so we we i have a a list of people that i talk to about this and they're all customers previous customers and uh, they're asking for example underwear they want the horizontal flyback right that is common feedback okay let's write that down we iterate on this we build the first set of samples and we have a small batch that is, you know, that I can wear, that my partner can wear. Perhaps I lend it out to my brother for honest feedback. More importantly, though, about 10, 15 of them to a select group of customers that are actual customers. They're not, we don't have any friendly relationships with them. It's just you are our beta testers. And uh, we get feedback from them, which is usually the best type. It's the most honest. And um, we iterate again. We build upon that and build the next version. And then we actually release a, a bigger batch of about 200, 250 items to a... And we're, we're not sure how we're calling this yet, but it's a... What type of sale would this be, right? It's a sale. It's 50% off a pre-release product that is in beta. You forego returns and you can't exchange them, right. but you're getting 50% off. So it's interesting. You're a beta tester getting the perk of a pre-release product that might not be perfect, but hell, you're getting a really good deal and you get to be a part of the process. And who knows, like participating in this might make you someone indispensable in the company. And then we might end up, you know, just giving you stuff away. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. But, um, but that's a process that we're calling um, engineered menswear. And there's, there's more to it. We, we, you know, in each process, we have um, the core principles, you know, human-centered design. We, we ask ourselves, well, what do we want people to feel when they put this on? Um, usually we land on uh, date ready or boardroom ready. And, you know, it's just a feeling of confidence because I'm going to put this on. I'm not worried about what it's, you know, whether it's going to perform or not. I'm not worried about Okay, is it swampy outside and, and this fabric doesn't breathe really well? This is performance fabric for the gym and I'll start reeking after one hour. And that's usually what people end up doing when they put a pair of $200 chinos. They're like, okay, this chino is really not for today. It's really for that specific moment I bought it on that video I saw on Facebook, right? Right, right. So that's the idea behind every product. Um, we also have really advanced um, partnerships with BodyBlock, which is in, um, a fit prediction algorithm that uh, takes the actual measurements of the pant in 
every stage. We adjust it at every stage. It asks you a series of questions like, uh, okay, age, height, weight. And then it shows you some images of body scans from all over the world. And it asks you, pick which one you look like. You fit, you probably fit into one of these four. You pick it out, it filters once more, and it refines you until you reach your body type. So it finds your body type in 30 seconds and spits out um, a recommendation on which size you should be getting. Very cool. Yeah, the way brands do that is buy and exchange if it doesn't fit. We are right. shipping that. We are like, it's going to fit perfectly the first time, and that's going to save us some money. So let's talk about preparation for this crowdfunding campaign and what you've changed over the years from your previous crowdfunding campaigns to this campaign. What are some of the tactics that you've changed up in terms of the pre-marketing of the campaign as well as today being launch day? I think there's a bit more talk on on the why behind the product. Um, that's that's a big difference I've been I've been really diving into. I'm really big on storytelling now, and um, I feel that people want to be a part of that story. So I built the video based on this. I, I and, it, and it sort of shows, right? But getting more into the technical side of things, the difference this time is that we prepared much, much um, sooner. So about three months worth of preparation just for the Kickstarter launch. Photo shoots, editing, picking out messaging, um, running ads for lead generation, landing page build outs, back and forth fighting, hugs, kisses, everything. <laughs> it's uh, lots, a couple tears you mentioned. I remember those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it's really rewarding when, you know, you hit that email, you click launch and you click send and, uh, and you start getting pledges. And you see that little ticker going up, going up, going up. You're getting some thank you messages, congratulations from family members and friends. And um, that feeling is exactly what I was going for. Yeah, it's been fun watching the uh, the campaign go up. I think we've had about a dozen pledges and a couple thousand dollars come in while we've been uh, doing the interview. So that's always nice. fun to see. Yeah, I've been, I've been I've been refreshing. You might have noticed some some uh, keyboard <laughs> couple keyboard couple clicks here and there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're getting there, man. We're getting there. Awesome. Well, Miguel, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Are you good to go? Um, I believe so. I wasn't ready for it, but yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> so what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Having my having control. Nice. So if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Jeff Bezos. Bezos. There you go. Prime day is second day. So what would be your first question for Bezos? What type of people did you hire in the very beginning? Yeah. Uh, who did you look up to growing up as a kid? My dad, absolutely. What business book or life book would you recommend to our listeners? The It's called The Myth of the Entrepreneur, uh, shortcut E-Myth. That's what you search it like. Yep. And, and um, I just have to explain it. it. It goes to show why businesses fail. And um, the conclusion is well, you'll actually have to buy it. So go ahead and buy it. Ooh, the cliffhanger. No, it's a good read too. Definitely recommend it for the audience. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? I see myself in a transition where the company was bought out, but they still need me. And so I'll stay on for five more years and then I'll retire in 10. There we go. All right. Last question in the launch round. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? Oh, I think it looks connected because it's sort of its own little island of a certain type of people that have a different personality and also a different type of ordering process, which is very generic. I see it being completely connected with today's e-commerce, which is something that 
um, will increase its size by at least four to five times. And with that in mind, crowdfunding is going to be huge. Awesome. Well, Miguel, this is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check you out. So imagine a river of feathers going through your butt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Here we go. So, yeah, this is what we call magically comfortable textiles. We've worn them for two years. Uh, they're absolutely delicious to wear. They, they're breathable. They are midweight, which means they're year long. This is all in description of our chinos. And um, there's plenty of sizes. One of those is yours. And uh, years ago, a little cotton bud was grown and it sprouted and it made the cotton fibers that went into the knit of the textile of the pant that is going to be yours. Well, I can't wait to try them on. Miguel, this has been awesome. Audience, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. Miguel, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Thanks, man. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.